Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. And I think we all know that the Mount Rushmore Monument itself was a cover-up to hide then-President Calvin Coolidge's ample snuff collection from known addict Charles Lindbergh, who himself was a 10th-level Masonic lizard person. And if you don't believe that conspiracy, then my paranoid cohorts, Richard... Hello. And Michael... Howdy. ...have some other truth bombs to explode your plastic little world. In case you didn't know, this episode is going to be about conspiracy theories. Yeah, I'm uh, actually recording this from an undisclosed location right now, guys. By the way, the undisclosed location is our recording studio. Our recording studio. We don't even know where it is. So, Richard, why did you pick this? Because I just love conspiracy theories. I am, I am fascinated by them. I'm fascinated by people who believe in them. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine from high school, or through through until high school, he went to a different high school and then went to USC while I was there. Probably the smartest person I knew growing up went on, got a, you know, became a doctor, a psychiatrist, whole nine yards. Um, psychiatrist is barely a doctor. <laughs> I, I, oh, sorry. Oh, you, air you, guys, <laughs> you guys can't see the air quotes, but doctor. I liked but, it, Richard, that you started that with probably and then ended it with I knew growing up. You've already disqualified this person <laughs> twice. Well, compared to me. They were a brainiac. Really smart guy. Um, really nice guy. Uh, a couple of years ago, I kind of just did a, hey, I wonder what's up, what he's up to. Turns out what he's up to is a, being a 9-11 truther. Oh, wow. And going to gun shows and other things and going, you know, writing letters to the editor, mm-hmm. um, explaining how, you know, he's it's like the 9-11, the architects and scientists for 9-11 truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole, it was an inside job and there's no way a plane could have taken it down. And all this new world order type shit. I don't know what I just. I have no idea. I know he was perfectly fine through college, mm-hmm. and somehow in the last you know ten year, ten fifteen years or whatever, it's just. Well, it's pretty obvious that Richard was the linchpin that was holding this guy together. <laughs> yeah, once I once I was out of his life, just <laughs> fell apart. So I I'm kept just, him steady. So partially, I'm fascinated by just conspiracy theories and what makes people believe them in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, but on top of that. There are some conspiracy theories. I got to admit, I'm not saying I believe in them. Yeah. But there's a great, you, you can, there's a difference for me between like a, just an insane conspiracy theory, the lizard people. Mm-hmm. And then something like, you know, there are other ones where you can look at and say, maybe I believe in some of that. Or I could see where someone might believe that or that, that I'm not immediately dismissing it. Okay. So uh, Richard, it's your suggestion. So Michael... You're not a conspirator. Do you feel the same way Richard does about this subject? I guess so. Yeah, okay. we're kind of on this. I like. I don't. Maybe Richard. Maybe I don't even think you believe it more. But you're more interested than I am. I'll, I'm, in, I'm intrigued you. by things like this. I, yeah. I think that there is like a double-edged sword. Like I tend to be kind of like an Occam's razor sort of person. That like, okay, the simplest solution is probably the one that's mm-hmm. most likely. Is that the thing that killed Schrodinger's cat? <laughs> the kid who plays piano on Peanuts. That's right. <laughs> He was on a Mobius strip with Occam's razor, and he killed Schrodinger's cat. I think with, with like conspiracy Blockhead. theories, though, like good ones, there has to be like two very distinct sides of it mm-hmm. that never quite meet. One is you should be able to explain the theory in like one sentence. It should be very direct. Yeah. But then the other side is it is so convoluted and takes so much extra explanation once you like say to the person, "Oh, okay." Like as soon if you say, "Oh, okay," and then you open up the door to what's behind mm-hmm. just like the, the facade then you're like down the rabbit hole of like oh my god can't i get a, where's my wife can't she just get me out of this party and, and there also here? has to be 
no way that you can factually prove them. Yeah. Like incorrect. Uh-huh. There has to be something so that no matter what you say, well, actually they prove this. They think, oh, well, 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 no, no, but well, who proved that? Yeah. Scientists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all part of the the you know Illuminati or whatever. Or just well, I know they proved that, but then this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's just you know when you talk to people. I guarantee you every person that somebody listening to the show knows, everyone knows at least one person who believes some crazy yeah. conspiracy theory. They just haven't talked to them about it. Mm-hmm. But people believe weird shit. So the fundamental elements of a conspiracy theory seem to be a group of individuals who are keeping some amount of truth from the rest of the world. Is that typically, one of the things? Typically, I would does say, it, yeah. Does it also have to do with high-profile things? Because I think I, I have some theories regarding things that really aren't that much of any kind of consequence about kind of dumb things that happen in popular culture. But it usually seems to have something that would have a global impact. Is it all unprovable? Is it all unprovable? Oh, it has to, I think a cover-up yeah. has to be involved. It does, I don't know necessarily it has to be earth-shattering. There's at least there's a couple of mine that I have that are less sort of like global conspiracy and more just sort of very specific. Mm-hmm. When Fidel Castro died, there were some... So they say. Publications, so they say. Yeah, died, uh, quotes. He's living in a, a, a apartment with Walt Disney somewhere. There was a publications that talked about the attempts on his life by the CIA or something, and then they had something like a piano was rigged to blow up if he played a certain note that's, on it. That's how you know it's true, when you said, or something. <laughs> or <Yeah>. something. <laughs> no, this was like an actual like Senate report. Senate report. Yeah. If you can believe that. So all that stuff, if Fidel Castro were to say, they're trying to kill me, they rigged my piano to blow up when I play Middle C, you would think, please, Fidel, come on, you're an but idiot. What, what exactly are you smoking in that cigar? Yeah. By the way, also something they tried to kill him with. A cigar? Yeah, they wanted to actually have a cigar, I think, that was either laced with cyanide or actually would blow up like That's in a cartoon. That's so funny that they're using things from the back of a comic book catalog to try to kill a dictator. It was very spy versus spy. <laughs> okay, so Richard's choice, which means... Michael conveniently goes first. Suspicious. Suspicious. Uh, I will just give one quick preface. I did like zero research. Uh, Or did he? Or did he? Uh, My first one is the JFK assassination. Also on my list. Because something's up there, you guys. Are you sure? I will tell you, I I had two sources of thought for this, and they're both very pop culture. One is the JFK movie by Oliver Stone. Mm -hmm. And two was a book called uh, American Tabloid. By James Elroy. Sure. And, uh, you know, both deal with different aspects of kind of the same thing of all of the different machinery in play to kill uh, President Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Whether it was the CIA who was in cahoots with the FBI uh, partially to try to take down the Cuban communist government. And then also the mob was involved. Uh, And it just, you know, the threads start getting pulled and start, you know, you tie one thread to one pin and you Uh attach someplace else and becomes this big spider web of, I I read, I I read American tabloid maybe like a decade ago. Right. And I reread the summary for it and I got, I just got lost. Yeah. I, uh, and I think that this is like, I think this is the preeminent conspiracy in America. Oh, sure. I'm I'm looking right now at, at these polls and you see them all the time that like, you know, 59% of Americans feel that multiple people were involved. Only 20% feel that, you know, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone gunman and acted alone. So this is the big one. I think the one, I think what sold me was just the acting performance by Donald Sutherland uh, as quote X 
in JFK, right. he has like this four or five minute just long, you know, soliloquy with, you know, this probably, you know, uh, uh, Oliver Stone's best work as a, you know, as a filmmaker with the quick cuts and mm. the ratcheting up of tension and sure. the music. And I think when a piece of film, I mean, even fiction as this is, can kind of make you go, you know what? Yeah, I kind of believe it. Yeah. Uh, I think it, you know, holds a lot of water. It does show the polarized political environment. Whether it's presupposed to lead to Kennedy's assassination, it's almost saying here's where the the, the uh, dried leaves were. Here's where the match was. Here's where the gasoline was. <laughs> and right. Are we surprised that all this all led to something catastrophic? So I had a strange... You, you picked this and why, Richard? Well, I think I picked it for the same reason probably Michael did. It is the preeminent sort of conspiracy theory of our time. And it's something that people try to like completely put to bed. Right. And it's just, they never really do. Like like one scientific study will come out and say, no, look, we have, we have the audio of it. We can tell there was only you know three shots. And then six months later, someone else will come out and say, no, no, we actually studied it a different way. And you really can't tell. And it's like, it's just, it's almost like there's too many facts at this point. Is there? And the whole thing is just buried in this mountain of, well, this one, if you look at the, you know, if you look at the tape, it's the whole Zapruder film, sort of the head goes this way. And what does that mean? I just feel like it's, it's been so overanalyzed that you can really take any position and now find facts to back it up. Is there a date when like all of the, hearings and documents are supposed to quote supposed to come out not that they all ever would because you know the government's suppressing it all and always will you're never supposed to really know (laughs) right um it's it's like 2050 or something like there's or it's even close it's might be even like surprisingly closer than you think right um i think that there's some stuff that's supposed to come out this year some of the Mm, cia some of the cia files so we'll see We'll see if Trump lets that out. 40th anniversary of Star Wars, and we find out uh, who killed JFK. Cool. Yeah, just like at the very end of uh, of The Rock. I'll tell you one, one of the most awkward conversations I ever had was when I was picking up Spalding Gray, God rest his soul, from the airport to come speak at the college I was going to, and it was 1992. Did he have a map with him? He had told it was he was swimming to Cambodia, and I was he was driving from... Um, KCI airport to Lawrence, Kansas, small college town. And he asked, he was very, very solicitous of my opinion. He was just the, he was, he was as Spalding Gray as you would like him to be. Could we get him on the show? Oh God, I wish that would be so great. Let's talk to his agency. He's available. (laughs) I know he's been doing lately. (laughs) Um, The one question he asked is, did I see JFK? And at that time, uh, JFK, uh, had come out the year before and I dismissed it as a hokey movie about a conspiracy theory that I thought had been put to get years bed years ago because uh, like that conspiracy and others were on the show in search of, do you remember in search of? Oh, sure. With Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. And it was about supernatural uh, paranormal. It was about all these different things, but the JFK assassination was something that they treated with the same gravitas as Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> so I remember by the time I was, you know, by 1990, I'd kind of think that it was just something that was hokey that I was mm. uh, dismissed as something that weirdos talked about. So that movie brought it back into prominence as something that had really happened in America 
and something like the Vietnam War that people were really starting to deal with on its own terms as this horrible bad thing that happened to this country and we need to really deal with the elements that made it happen. So it was always something that I dismissed until that film and and then kind of really took uh, seriously after that. I think the one thing that has always been kind of shady to me, the one I'm willing to buy it for the most part, but the one thing that's always been shady to me about the assassination is the whole Jack Ruby thing. That's yeah. like the one piece that never really the strip club owner, mob the, ties, you know, part you know part time uh, police informant, yeah, you know, kind of taking it upon himself to, kill to vindicate them. America, yeah. mm-hmm. It just doesn't. There's nothing about that those facts that add up, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like there's like the that's what I mean. That's kind of the perfect example of this. In general, no, I don't think there is a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But there are these little nagging pieces that are like, well, I can't really quite explain that. Yeah. It must have been just a tense time in America for all of that stuff to explode. I mean, you know, with the Cold War and Bay of Pigs and the yeah, Cuban Missile Crisis and everything just getting so ratcheted up. It would be a, it would be so easy to believe yeah. whatever the craziest thing is because the craziest things were happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. All right, you guys both chose JFK. Richard, what do you got? All right, so my next one, I'm going with sports. Sorry, Brown Town. Um, <laughs> I hope that becomes a catchphrase. Just anytime we talk about sports, sorry, we just Brown apologize Town. to Brown Town about it. Um, it is the 1985 NBA draft, and very specifically, the idea that the draft was rigged so that the New York Knicks could select Patrick Ewing. Frozen envelope. The frozen envelope, exactly. Well, what does this mean? So, um, at the time, the first pick in the draft was chosen by a lottery. And I think it was whatever it was, like the 12 worst teams had a, a, a they put it like into a big ball, one of those like, like lottery type bingo balls. Mm-hmm. But instead of balls, they used um, envelopes. And each envelope had like the logo of whatever team was involved inside. So it was like the 12 worst teams from the previous year. And. Everybody wanted to draft Patrick Ewing, who was like a three-time All-American at Georgetown, um, was like the one surefire pick in the draft, and somehow that wound up going to the New York Knicks, who needed it the most, um, and you know who had been really down the last few years, and the NBA really didn't like having their New York team be really bad. Mm-hmm. And the theory is that somehow whenever the uh, envelope was pulled out of the hopper that the commissioner David Stern was tipped off as to which one to pull and a, one of the theories floating around is that it was that specific one was placed like in a freezer until right before the draft but they did the draft so that he knew just whichever one is cold oh that's the one you pull out mm-hmm. now what did what did David Stern have to gain by New York? Well, be- the first pick. well, because it's the largest media market. It's, you know, if you want TV ratings, it's much better to have the New York team doing well versus being gotcha. an also mm-hmm. ran. Um, and who else, who else was in the, in the lottery that year? Any, any other big markets that could have benefited from like, you know, okay. If Milwaukee doesn't get it, who cares? If- yeah. I'm trying to look, uh, yeah, I want to look this up real quick. Um, I know that there had been. And the whole lottery was created to kind of stop people from tanking. <laughs> Good job. Good job, NBA. Yeah, really worked How's out. How's that well worked there, out for yeah. you? And they were going to do uh, ping pong balls, but they wanted, they thought that it felt too much like a circus. <laughs> that's that's the quote I'm actually reading here from a big uh, SI story. 
Um, who was the other team in that? Shoot. Um, I will... F- okay, so the last few teams were... It was actually came down to the Pacers and the Knicks. Okay. And I don't think the NBA has any usefulness. Like, they don't give a shit if the Pacers are good or not. It doesn't help the league as a whole. Or so they say. Yeah. I mean, the last few teams along with them were the uh, Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm. the then Seattle Supersonics, mm-hmm. and the shitty 80s Clippers. Mm-mm. So, So that's just always been like this big theory. And people will go and, you know, overanalyze the video of when he's reaching in to pick the envelope because it kind of looks like... Is his tongue stuck to it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... He t- I got that one- my mouth. <laughs> no, he actually puts his hand on it and goes, ooh, burr, cold. <laughs> it does look a little bit when you watch the video of it, and we'll put it up in the show notes. Like he's kind of grasping for one in particular. How how long does an envelope stay cold? Well, if it's made out of ice, what? <laughs> it would probably stay cold <laughs> for a while. I don't know. Who the hell knows? A steel envelope. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't believe this. It sounds too yeah bullshit to be real. But knowing what I know about the NBA and David Stern and how generally corrupt I think he was okay. as a commissioner, yeah, this I wouldn't put this past them. It's it does it if it it doesn't seem considering that people bet on the outcome of of professional games and it's there is a veracity that needs to be upheld within that and but ultimately the NBA is entertainment and they were trying to make some good entertainment right but they but this is not supposed to be rigged they're all individual team owners you're supposed to have an equal chance at getting this top pick right well and there's just little stuff like the. Uh accounting firm that was auditing the draft also worked for golf and Western, which owned the Knicks at the time. hmm. So there's just like these little, like there's enough. If you pull the thread. Yeah. If you pull the thread, (laughs) the entire jersey is coming unraveled. Exactly. Okay. uh, Michael, what's your next choice? Uh, My next one is a double cover up. Whoa. Uh Oh, area 51. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not that aliens are there. It's, that's a government conspiracy to keep you from knowing about the secret stuff that is there. Mm. Okay. So they're developing new technology, right? right. You can Sure, you can build it over at Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. And that's all up front. Hmm. You guys. Hey, you guys. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's create an absurd situation where aliens crash landed in the desert that gets people, you know, all excited. Yeah. And so people think it's that because it's, it's that. out of control. But really, we're just building, you know, nuclear warheads or yeah. bio SR seventy one blackbirds and uh-huh. stuff that's way before your time in the fifties. Do you think these? What makes these uh, theories ultimately their stories, and what makes them compelling and repeatable is nuances that make us excited, like that gets your goosebumps. And I think like a cold envelope that feels like something out of espionage. Or <laughs> right. Guy. Yeah. Literally, you get goosebumps yeah. from that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> literal goosebumps. I think there's an aspect of like the fantastical. Yeah. And I think it's always people just want to believe they mm-hmm. people want to. I believe that there are aliens out there. I do not believe that aliens have visited the earth. You know, it, aliens always seem like a way to explain away your yeah. problems. Yeah. The meme with the guy with his hair, hair up in the air. says aliens. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the idea of like a cover up for the cover up or a double conspiracy by the government that yeah. they have to go out and create 
the idea that aliens came down. Maybe they didn't even initially create it. Maybe they just didn't deny it. Right. That seems more likely is like someone started asking questions and it's like, well, we can't tell them what it is. So, no, we can't. We we officially can't say that it's aliens. We can't or say not. that a UFO Confirm crashed. Can deny mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And people start disappearing. Right. <laughs> or they don't. They just get drunk. <laughs> I think a lot of these turn into like, well, they were just drunk. They're just totally drunk. Totally wasted. I think that seems to coincide with our hoaxes episode that yeah. we did a couple of months ago. <laughs> That's right. They were drunk and yeah. then they decided to make crop circles. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys believe in the aliens visited the earth or anything no. in terms of like... I believe that multiple ancient civilizations have come up with the same sort of pyramid design all right. throughout the, you know, the the world, even though they're thousands of miles apart, the same way that comedians all come up with the same sorts of jokes, right? just out of the ether. It's like, I don't think that one necessarily stole from the other, but, yeah. you know, everyone has a good take on paper towels. And sometimes yeah. they're, you know. Someone came up with perforating paper towels first. Yeah. But... They just didn't do well, anything that hard. Yeah, exactly. It's the it, I believe in the, the the Fermi paradox, named after Enrico Fermi, the radio guy, no, the germ guy, and the apparent contradiction between the <laughs> lack of evidence and high probability, um, of the for the existence of extraterrestrial. Can we discuss <laughs> being known as the germ guy, the germ guy. <laughs> for a second? Let's walk this back. That hey, would not be what I want to be known. Why as. are you not calling me a brilliant <laughs> scientist? No, you're the germ guy. Shut Stay up, away. Shut Cover up, your Fermi. mouth. <laughs> I don't know. You know, aliens. What aliens. Are what are you going to do? Aliens. Okay. Um, the, the one thing, I'll put a little button on this. Uh, I believe that... Uh, I like a little button. <laughs> I believe that uh, former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, uh, she vowed to get to the bottom of what's at Area 51. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, she did? Yeah. That, that, and Was even, it in her emails? Even though... Are I, her emails at Area 51? Is that what it is? What I love is that even though her husband was president, he <laughs> didn't even tell her. And then she was, and then she still believed in, you know, in theory, you know what, as president, he's not allowed to tell anybody, even though I'm his wife, but. Didn't Dennis Kucinich, the former Democratic uh, (laughs) candidate, say that he seen an alien? I believe so. Oh. And I think Jimmy Carter did too. I just feel like Clinton was probably just a cover. I can't come home, Hillary. (laughs) Too busy looking for some aliens at Area 51. (laughs) Okay, Bill. More like Area 69, am I right, boys? Right. That Area 51 is one of those names that sounds like its own porn parody. It does. <laughs> um, okay, all right. So uh, these guys, I, w- I usually call them gentlemen, but they're not, let's be honest, have just uh, told you their first two choices for our subject of conspiracy theories and some that we maybe kind of believe. And now we're going to go to um, uh, our halftime, where I, I beg you to listen, to go online. You can track. The truth is out there, you guys. The truth is out there. If you go to iTunes, you're going to find out that this isn't the only episode of our podcast. There's been bunches of podcasts that we've done. And you can find out more just by going to iTunes and downloading and listening. You can rate and review and find out all the different subjects we've been talking about. And then you can also join us on Facebook in the dialogue. You can tell us stuff like what you want us to talk about. Or you can say what we talked about and you thought was stupid. Or your choices for the categories that we talk about. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And we'd love, actually, for you to, to, uh, to get in dialogue with us, to tell us your opinions, to tell us your favorite conspiracy theories. <laughs> so we are back. Okay, Richard. All right, so mine is next one. Uh, involves the UK uh, politics, mm-hmm. and it is 
kind of a dual one. It is first that uh, former Prime Minister Harold Wilson in the 60s and 70s was a Soviet spy. Okay. And then the second part of that theory is that he actually wasn't a Soviet spy, but those rumors were planted by MI5 um, to kind of grease the wheels for a, a military coup. You know what I like about all of these so far? So far we've, what, had three? Yeah. Four? They all kind of come out of the 50s and 60s. They all kind of yeah. stem from this Cold War, uh, you know, kind of dark time mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. where there's a lot of doubt being sowed by various agents. And so it's not surprising that another one uh, has come out of, like, just the trying, just trying to cause doubt. There was a Soviet defector that uh, came in the late 60s, I think it was. And he was the first one to say that he had on good authority that Harold Wilson, who was the labor prime minister at the time, uh, was a Soviet plant, basically. And he was, like I said, labor, labor, which is sort of the left-wing party in England. And he was kind of on the socialist fringe of that. So it kind of made that seem maybe a little bit plausible. Um, there was never actually any proof after that, but it was just one of those things that kind of floated around in the air. Did he do anything that was seemingly like pro-Soviet or pro that like, there's one thing to be just a liberal. Is there another, there's another thing if he actually did any action that you could point to and say, well, that's obvious. Or was he that just that good a spy? He was so good. Um, no, it was. I think it was just more that he was pretty liberal, and MI five was very conservative at the time, and they felt he was going to take the country down a dangerous path. Hmm. So this story kind of leaks out throughout the years. Um, he eventually, as prime minister, he loses office. He comes back in the seventies. Um. Eventually, I think it's 75, he just sort of resigns kind of unexpectedly. He says it's because of health reasons. You know, I didn't think anyone should be prime minister for more than whatever it was, 10 years at the time. Then afterwards, he starts talking to some journalists and other people, mentioning that he was convinced that there had been a plot against him to stage a coup. Um, And at the time, it was kind of dismissed. But there's actually a BBC documentary about 10 years ago. They went in depth about this. And it seems like there please, are... Please th- tell me it was called Balls Deep. Yeah, it was Balls, balls Deep with uh, yeah, Stephen we, Fry. We go Balls Deep. In the and it, it turned out that they were able to dig up interviews, interview people who were like his private secretary. And it seems fairly credible, at least that there were elements of the MI5 who were prepared to stage a coup. They were going to take over Heathrow, they are going to take over the BBC, and they are going to take over par- Parliament. Uh, Lord Mountbatten would be take over as the uh, Prime Minister, which is there a more kind of British aristocracy name than Lord Mountbatten. <laughs> he sounds like a British Muppet. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> and the Queen was going to go on the air and basically say, support the military coup because the government was no longer able to function properly. Hmm. Um, And there's some pretty compelling uh, evidence that this at least was in the planning stages there. The uh, military had uh, done exercises the year before at uh, Heathrow. um, And they said it was, they were doing training for possible IRA terrorist actions, but like no one had actually told the prime minister this was happening before they did it. 
All these strings are being tied together. Yeah, they, they <laughs> I can yeah. see the spider web. <laughs> right. And it's just interesting because this is like right around the time of like Watergate. And so you've just got all of this. I mean, the 70s were a very paranoid decade. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure cocaine didn't didn't help that. Um, but, you know, you had... You well, know, we had legitimate... We had Watergate and these Watergate things that were legitimately all, uh, happening, yeah. Right. So you've got all these things that are legitimately like conspiracy truths. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wound up... Uh, Harold Wilson wound up uh, having being diagnosed with Alzheimer's a few years after that. So it was easy to d- dismiss what he was talking about as sort of, well, his mind was starting to go at that point. But... Look, just just Google it, guys. Look, I'm not going to talk to you more about it. Just Google it. Oh my god, Google the truth. Okay, do, do a Bing search on it because then they'll, they'll never. <laughs> they need the help. They'll never think that uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll actually use the Bing search engine, so they won't edit it. They so won't. they won't come back. At, like when they when they try to look for your search guys search go, history, they don't check Bing. Lycos it. Yeah, Lycos if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, okay, well that's very compelling, uh, Michael. What's your final? I'll I'll keep it. No, no, I've got two more. No, this is going to be your last one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think there's a conspiracy afoot here. I've got... I, hey, listen, I got two. You can't hold the truth back. You can't hold this truth. Mine is kind of along the same lines as Richard's. Um, but it... And I admit, it totally suffers from, like, recency bias. And that's the FBI James Comey letter uh, about Hillary Clinton's email uh, investigation... Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of this I'm putting in quotes, but mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, you got that, one. He's just doing one air quote, so it's like an open-ended quote. This is going on for forever. Oh you, you're going to have to Bing search all of this uh, that helped swing the election. And I think I chose this for two reasons. One, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a conspiracy, but it feels that way that you know the conservatives and Republicans in the Senate and the House leaned on James Comey to release this letter that kind of said that there's an ongoing investigation. And then 10 days later, he's like, Oh yeah, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fine. Um, but it's interesting to have been to live through it or to kind of, you know, to be on social media and to have experienced such a crazy election, yeah. you know, three months ago and, Right now, the world's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Sure. And to see where you are, except for, like, I'll tell you what made me think about this. I had this dream the other day. Did you have a dream? I had a dream. Hold on. Were I you was flying with Hillary Clinton? I wasn't, but I was. I, was, was she wearing high heels? You know when you have like those else? things, that you, it, maybe it's not even a dream. It was like an earworm where you get the, a thought in your head yeah. that you can't get rid of. And it was like, what if I could go back in time and change something? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I would stop this letter. That's it. And then everything might be better. But then the other thought I had was, it was like that this, this thing in my head that was just like, no matter what you did, the universe is going to self-correct. Things are always oh, yeah. going to be how they're supposed to be. Yeah. So something right. else would have happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like me like undermining my, my own oh, okay. heartache over okay. all yeah. of this. Yeah. But basically, I guess having a seemingly live conspiracy unfold in front of you. It's unsettling. It's very unsettling. It's very strange. And I can't imagine what it must have been like to have been alive in the 60s and 70s during the Cold War and have all the stuff that... I mean, nothing happened in lifetime because of there was no social media and no internet, but things happened rapidly and there Mm -hmm. must have been a tension. uh, I think something like this will be interesting to look back at in five, ten years if America's still around. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I, th- I think what, you know, the Comey letter ended up doing was it just kind of re-reminded everyone. Like, she crushed him in the debates. All of these things happened. And then it was just this little poke of, oh, hey, remember emails? And then all the people that, that believed it, yeah. whatever they believed, were like, oh, yeah, all the stuff that had convinced me otherwise up until now. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right, the email thing. So now I'm going to forget everything that I had just learned over the past yeah. two months and... Hashtag crooked Hillary. I was, uh, you know. Put her in jail, lock her up, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, next. All right, so my last one. Um, Or is it? Or is it? (laughs) So we all know that Stevie Wonder is blind, right? (laughs) Wait wait, wait a second. I feel like this is a trap. Yes. Uh, But what if he wasn't? The greatest actor of our generation, obviously. There is a conspiracy. Stevie Wonder, wait, the African-American Well, he, blind? he claims to be. Oh, my God. There is a conspiracy theory out there that has some uh, fairly high-profile uh, believers who think that Stevie Wonder is not, at least currently, blind. It seems like a meme on, the, on Reddit or something like that. Yeah, probably. Okay, okay. But what there, are the there is some uh, supporting evidence. Um, for one Look thing, how well he plays that piano. <laughs> yeah, I can't play piano with my eyes closed. I've tried it, guys. It's really hard. Look, he performed LASIK on somebody. Um, there's um, one of the biggest uh, proof points is he was performing at the uh, Kennedy Center Honors for uh, Paul McCartney. It's the concert in front of the they have in front of the president. And at the very end, I think they're doing Hey Jude, and everyone's standing up for the na-na-na-nas. And I think Paul McCartney hits a mic stand, and it starts to fall. And Stevie Wonder catches it. Bruh. Well, have you, I mean, I've seen Daredevil. My neighbor, my neighbor, who is roughly the size of Bigfoot, just walked by the window <laughs> and kind of scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a conspiracy theory right there? Jeff Hopkins lives next no, to Bigfoot. you were just kind of blowing my mind. And he, did, then, he, he did a turn over his shoulder the way did. that Bigfoot did, too, and just gave us like a little, so little wave, wavy we can, wave. Can we put this video in the show notes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can show it to you guys right now if you want to see it. Is it an inadvertent catch? or it's? Clear? No, he catches the damn thing. Like, it's falling, and he puts his hand out and catches it. Holy smokes. 100%. Holy smokes. Proved it. At the uh, Grammys last year, he is uh, presenting an award and they give him the envelope. And it's he, frozen. <laughs> and, he go, he, and he pretty clearly looks, comes down to look at it like he's reading it. Why? Hello? But, but, but wouldn't, it be in, wouldn't it be in Braille? Well, but he's not. But So, yeah. So, he would be feeling it. Why is uh-huh. he looking at it? There's no reason to look at it. Hmm. I think also, uh, here's my counter, the clothes he wears. <laughs> the fact that he still has braids, the even though he's he still has braids. massive male <laughs> pattern baldness. Well, so, um, wow, I've never I've, heard this. Me, me, this I'm is kind amazing. Of, kind of mind blown. Right um, Bomani Jones, who is a uh, sports writer, he's on ESPN on a couple of their shows. They're people yelling about sports shows. He swears that one of his friends... Sold Stevie Wonder three plasma TVs a few years ago for his house. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it is blind people have you know family members ears. that are not yeah, blind. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anthony Anderson, the uh, actor and comedian, claims that Stevie Wonder beat him in a fr- uh, basketball game free throw shooting contest. <laughs> well, was he shooting underhand the way you're supposed to to increase your chances? <laughs> Granny style it's all feel. This is, I think, of the conspiracies that we've heard, seems the most 
unfounded, but also harmless, but also he racist. Goes, he goes to basketball games and sits in the front row. Why does he need to sit in the front row? <laughs> does he need a better view? Is this all just kind of um, challenging our presumptions of what visually impaired people can or can't do? Like Jeff, do here's, a, here's a picture of him <laughs> taking a photo of Michael Jackson's uh, wax figure at a museum. That's like a Saturday night. Remember the Saturday Night Live sketch? Yeah. The Nikon commercial or something like that. Yeah. He's really doing it here. And he was known as a prankster when he was a kid. So this is just like a long Andy Kaufman, like long con. This is a long con. Well, the theory is that maybe he was blind at one point, but over the years he went possibly either regained some of his sight or had some surgery mm-hmm. later in life. But now he's known as Stevie Wonder and being blind is part of his thing. No, you don't think... So, oh, that, so that if people realize that he can now see again, he wouldn't be but Stevie that's, Wonder. That's, that's, i got to think that would trend on Twitter if blind guy can see now. I would think that would draw a lot of attention. Like that to, would be baked into your talent. Like it's, if at some point that you were blind and you've written all these great songs mm-hmm. and then you're, you, you have sight suddenly or unblinded or I don't even know what the technical term for it is. It's blind spelled backwards. <laughs> it's Danilb. <laughs> You're Danilb. You're Danilb. <laughs> that doesn't take away from your talent as a piano player or as like a songwriter or as uh-huh. a singer. Like I think you're talking about his does... brand. Right. His brand is blindness. Yeah. Sort of. And braids. And... Hmm. Hmm. Guys, I'm not... Look. Yeah, this is a kind of... We got look, it. We got I'm, it. Not, I'm not saying that Stevie Wonder isn't blind. You're saying I'm saying conspiracy. He might not be blind. Who benefits yeah. from it? Um, blind people. Okay, here. The uh, blind they get they get they get CB Wonders their champion on Team Blind. Why yeah. would he, why would he not be blind? Who benefited? Who has the power to cover it up? Well, that's see, what Donald Sutherland asked. Okay, okay. So who does it benefit him? Because it keeps his brand on point. Okay. What's the second one? Why? Well, same thing. So he doesn't want people to know he's not blind, so that he can continue to be the blind genius okay and then who has the power to cover it up him he does so three so all of him all of him is just a so we'll never evil know. genius basically okay. is what i'm saying i don't believe this but i do believe stephen hawking can walk and can jam from the three-point line well no actually you're, you're a little mixed up he was a playable character in nba are jam. you serious <laughs> no he was not oh but that would be awesome if oh, he see, was this now i sound dumb okay okay all right. so i'm just saying guys i did you guys do the research on being Bing it Look it up for yourselves. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna look that up on Lycos. All right, Michael, what's your final? My last. You think? My, you think? Uh, <laughs> how long are we gonna go? <laughs> uh, my last one is the uh, the new Coke Coca Cola returns. Oh, I love theory. this one. There's so there's multiple theories oh. behind this, but go ahead. Okay, well we'll get into. There's, I a, guess. Di- there's a diet theory. There's a cherry theory. <laughs> <laughs> Splenda. Zero calories. Zero cal- uh, what's this? This is the theory that Coca Cola. Uh, introduced new Coke in an effort to reintroduce Coca-Cola as like Coca-Cola Classic, but change the formula on Coca-Cola Classic to something that is more affordable for them. So instead of using like cane sugar, they changed to a different, more affordable sugar so that they could benefit from it. Wasn't it it high fructose uh, corn syrup, I believe? Probably that. Oh. So basically... Uh, here's this crappy Coke that nobody wants mm-hmm. that we're going to get rid of the other Coke. Meanwhile, we're going to go tinker with the original Coke and by the time we bring it back, everyone will be like, oh, thank you, even though 
it's not quite right, but nobody oh. will know. You know, there's no... Uh, you'll you be know, so there, happy to have the old Coke there's classic no, back that you won't, you'll kind of overlook, you won't remember. Not enough super tasters out there in the world yeah. that will uh, oh. put it back on target. Because okay. memory has to do with it. Like, it's your feeling about it at, in part, right? Because yeah. it feels like it's, oh, thank God, and that tricks your sense to some extent. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It must have, you know, the only thing, it must have smelled the same. A thing that's going on, have you heard of uh, Pepsi 1893? Or have you tried it? I've heard of it. Okay, so I had this the other day. I, I, if I do drink, does it have iodine in it or something? <laughs> it has cocaine. It has uh, cola nuts and real sugar and sparkling water and different. Like basically, they are trying to reintroduce an older style okay. Pepsi drink. Oh, okay. Rat to, uh, I don't think they're trying to replace it the way that New Coke. Yeah. Flat out replaced Coca like Cola. Throwback. Yeah, like, to give it kind okay, of a okay. more old timey feel. Okay. I got the feeling it's to compete with like the Mexican Coke. Oh, maybe that is too. Or the real cane yeah. type of drink. So that you're seeing now. What is the, uh, Richard, you mentioned that there's another. Oh, the other theory was just that they knew no, New Coke would tank, but they did it just so that you could get more publicity when you brought Coke, Zero, Coke Classic mm. back a few months later. Just for publicity. Yeah, just suddenly it made Coca-Cola in the news again and hot and mm. people longing for Coca-Cola Classic and becoming fans again. I, th- I think that these two can hold go hand in hand. Yeah, one's not exclusionary of the other. Yeah. All right, uh, so these guys have each registered their four choices, one of which was common uh, each and chose JFK and the assassination therein, thereof, of that dude. So it's my dubious uh, honor right now to evaluate the choices and determine which of these four choices go up on the Mount Rushmore for this our category of Mount Rushmore of conspiracy theories that may or may not be true or believable. Here are the choices I'd like to go with. I'd like to go with JFK because he was a president and therefore does belong on Mount Rushmore. And his very presidential and very earth-shattering conspiracy theory has been something that... uh, Americans dealt with really the second half of the 20th century and is still kind of dealing with and reckoning with. It really changed our culture. Um, I also would like to go with the uh, another political um, conspiracy theory and the impact it had on uh, politics in Europe, and that is the British Prime Minister Harold Wilson was a Soviet spy and was almost thro- overthrown by the army. And uh, I will say how much I love mythology surrounding uh, big brands and American brands like Disney and his cryogenically frozen head or like uh, McDonald's or like KFC and the secret behind the recipe and the fact that 11 of those uh, um, original herbs and spices are heroin Um, so I'd like to go with the coke I just think that's kind of a fun thing kind of a fun world to explore there and then the fourth, just because it's uh, so entirely ridiculous, is that uh, Stevie Wonder <laughs> isn't blind. Um, we're not saying, again, we're not saying he isn't blind if anyone's lawyers are listening. We're not claiming that. Do you know what this... That, we're just saying that he may not be. There's you know, no proof either way, right? Do you know how I feel about that choice? Very superstitious. <laughs> okay, this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. Uh, I am or may I may not be Jeff. I am the person playing Richard. No, I'm Michael. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. <laughs>